0: You're listening to DraftKings Network.
1: Hey everybody, this is Allison Lucan. Welcome back to the Too Many Men podcast. We are thrilled to be back with you. With us is Shana Goldman. Say hi, Shana. Hi. And and Sarah Sivian. Sarah, what do you want to say to all our awesome new listeners? Hi, guys. As
0: Allison was just counting down like you're in a rocket ship, Um, I wanted to thank you for taking us to the moon. We are absolutely blown away by all the support and just so inspired and encouraged and refreshed that you guys and gals want the same thing as us to just talk about hockey in a new way. So and hear less so much.
2: voices. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not even one complaint about whiny voices. I mean, <laughs> this is the best possible outcome.
1: Absolutely. And don't forget to, uh, if you want to support the pod even more, we have merch. Um, you can find the link in our pin tweet. So check that out. And if you aren't already follow us on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man, But let's get into it, ladies. We have thoughts this week. (laughs) We have thoughts.
0: And I'm just going to... Over 31.
1: (laughs) I'm just going to throw this one out there to start. The 2019-20 Metropolitan Division, is it a physical manifestation of existential dread or no? Who would like to go first?
0: (laughs) Shaina, take it away.
2: Okay. The Metropolitan is... Tight race and it's like no one knows what's gonna happen here um we have obviously the capitals are of course doing everything they want they're right up there the penguins have imploded since the deadline and ate shit on their california road <laughs> trip which who would have anticipated that um and then the flyers are actually good guess what they're good and then we have everyone else fighting it out the islanders were came in hot before and they've been struggling to score you have the Blue Jackets are broken. The and broken they, jackets. The, the Columbus broken jackets. They get healthy. I mean, Corpus is back, and Elvis gets hurt that same game because, of course. And Carolina managed to get here with no goalies right now and stay here. So there's that. And then the Rangers, who we expected to be bad, are not that bad. And they are in the mix, except they they might very quickly fall out of it because Chris Kreider broke his foot because, of course, but, you know, everyone is battling for two wild card spots. The Atlantic, it really doesn't matter. It's top three or bust, you know. Sorry, Buffalo. We know you're really trying <laughs> this year. But, yeah, so
1: here we are.
0: I just ho- I just hope that Wayne Simmons and his dogs have fun.
1: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Which, guys, I did confirm it is, in fact, true. because So that's near where he lives. So he can be closer to his puppers. Do we know what kind
0: of dogs? Shayna, I got you one
1: answer. I can't get all these answers at once. I'll find out. I'll see if I can find out. The
0: dog insider. But honestly, (laughs) I I want to see a playoff with Panera and High Kicks. And that's my main concern right now. Um, Yes. That's what is essential viewing to me. But God, it's like I was trying to plan the rest of my month with my editor today. And we just kind of decided I'm going to write after every single game because (laughs) – what it's going to change every single day and are is mrazic coming back is reimer coming back ever are they going to trade for a goalie like that they can play until the end of the uh regular season and then mrazic comes back are they just going to write out one goalie with 45 games of nhl experience and one with three because i don't know if that's a recipe for success
1: (laughs) it's like it's so insane and i was writing on this yesterday with the blue jackets focus obviously but i was like the Blue Jackets have like two victories in their last 12 games and they're still in it because this is so like Shana, you just went through all the records. It makes zero sense, like yeah. literally zero sense. But also to your point, aside from Buffalo, poor one out for poor Florida. I mean, what happened to Florida?
2: They, they were right there too. You know, like Seriously? As, I think they were two points out at the deadline and they wanted to defend the defenseman. They didn't do it. Nothing. I I don't, I don't get them. And then, it's kind of crazy to me. Like, the teams, you always want to see what they're doing close to the deadline. You kind of can see, like, where they envision their team going. Like, I don't know what they envision for their team. I think everyone else, like, we looked at it, like, Columbus stay the course because... The they have no money here, to or no yeah. currency,
1: no trade currency.
2: Yeah, and the fact that they're here when they're so broken, like, whatever happens, it's not like, you know, they overcame a lot this season. The Rangers, if they bought, that would have been a big problem even though we all want to see the Panarin high kicks, then he should still be in the heart conversation even (laughs) if they don't make it. But, you know, I'm just going to keep on that the rest of the year. But it's super interesting to see, like, the Islanders knew they had to do something. The Hurricanes did something because they have defenders injured. What is Florida envisioning? What do they see themselves doing?
1: Sarah, is it, like, are people – because, like, I thought Carolina, we talked about this, had such a good deadline. But with the goaltender situation, like – are people still confident? Are they frustrated? Are they worried? Like what's the energy, like more so with the fans, I guess, than anything.
0: It's a confusing and just all around disappointing shame kind of, <laughs> I know, because I, like that sounds really dramatic, but it's like, I didn't mean it like that. I mean, nobody can blame what's happening, right? Like the top defensemen argued, I mean, Slavin's obviously in, in that conversation, but two of the top three defensemen, defensemen on the team by a mile are out, (laughs) like indefinitely. And then two goaltenders are out. Like you can't really blame the defense. And it's very obvious that the problem is the defense kind of imploding. And then the goaltending not being like too garrasque, you know? I I tweeted the other day that they're playing like Tim Thomas (laughs) in the playoffs that like is behind them when in reality it's somebody with three games of NHL experience. And it's just – it's a tough call for Dom Waddell right now, and it really depends on inside info that we don't know about when Murazik is coming back because we're hearing all types of different things. We're hearing he'll be back next week. We're hearing he's not going to be back anytime soon we're hearing all these vague things but you don't want to rush him back if he has a concussion you know and that's totally totally nobody can get mad at that so it's a situation where nobody's mad they're just disappointed i was talking to justin williams the uh, other day and after the mom's trip uh, they won and i'm like that's probably your best game of the season did the moms inspire you he was like well dads always get mad at you and moms are disappointed and we did not want that So that's kind of, it's like a disappointed mom vibe in Rollywood
1: right now. I I mean, I wonder, like, when do you guys think this is going to sort out? I mean, this could go right down to game 82, which is conveniently Carolina and Columbus. Columbus in Carolina for that last game for those two teams. I don't know when it's going to get figured out.
2: (laughs) I feel like the Rangers are going to fall out sooner. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be it for Columbus and Carolina. I feel like the Rangers are just going to like slide out before that quietly. Because, like, you look at their team without Kreider for two games, and already it's like, holy shit, you guys are not good enough yet. Which is fine. Totally fine. You're rebuilding. Got it. Understood. You don't have the depth It's improved, so forth, but it's not happening. Like, Panarin is doing everything. Zibanejad is doing everything. And without Kreider, it's not happening. So, I feel like they're just going to, like, quietly bow out as they go, like, for these uh, bigger games against, like, St. Louis and Dallas. And it- it's not going to go well. But it's, like, totally okay. Do the Islanders make it? Do you think, Shayna? No. I'd, I'd be shocked if they didn't. I, I mean, like, this is a team built for right now, and they made a right-now move that's going to help them in the near future, and, like, they needed to go for it. I think everyone thought that they needed to add more at the deadline, and I still think that would have helped. And, like, yeah. Zach Parise would have been that, even with that ginormous, massive contract. Like, it could have helped them right now, or... I was hoping they were going to go for a winger like Toffoli a little bit sooner, and obviously Vancouver jumped on that. But I feel like that's going to be what hurts them. But on you know if they can like keep their defense solid, which is a very Barry Trotz like thing to do, and goaltending's fine. Like they can make the playoffs. I don't know what they'll actually do in the playoffs because if they are the wild card seed and they do play a team like Tampa Bay, I think like it's going to be tough for them because Tampa Bay is really good this year and obviously we said it last year but it feels like they're a different team than last year and if they can make it to the postseason without Stamkos and like keep everything afloat when they get them back it's just gonna be like that much better but it reminds me can we talk about these injuries (sighs) this year what is happening
0: I we were talking about that on Twitter just that it's gotta be the most it's not that it's the amount of injuries but it also is but it's the amount of impactful players that are getting injured it's in how long they're out for and the type of injuries that they have. It's like, it has to be one of the worst seasons of the NHL in that aspect.
1: It's like, I mean, Columbus is one of the poster children for this. I mean, Seth Jones, Oliver Bjorkstrand, broken ankles, broken ankles. Mm. They've been without a goaltender since December in Columbus, one of their two starters. So they've got, you know, their AHL goaltender up (laughs) running back up. Josh Anderson just had shoulder surgery, Cam Atkinson is out like you're right Sarah it's not in not to be horrible but it's not like bottom six guys these are like key players for key teams I mean Dougie in Carolina for goodness sake like it's just ridiculous
0: he had the most impact I've seen on a team just all around in a while. And you know his reputation for being soft on defense or whatever. He was really making an effort to shake that, and he was going to. And I'm sure the good thing about his injury is that it's a clean break, right? And then he comes back, and he can be exactly the same. But it's just such a shame he was earning the respect of Rod Brindamore, which is, like, impossible to do, right? Come on. And he was on the PK, and he loved being on the PK. And I just – I don't know. You don't want to be biased or whatever, but I just – I. I'm happy that it's a clean break, so he can come back and kind of continue on that path because he's really developing into a special player.
1: Yeah, gosh, I mean, ugh. Sarah, do you have picks for the Metro? Who makes it in?
0: Um, what are the options here? That I- <laughs> 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 like honestly, okay, <laughs> here
1: Washington, they're oh, okay, they're in. Here. Yeah, okay, we all agree Washington's in, right?
0: Okay. Yes. Okay.
1: I do. I do. We all agree Philadelphia's in. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: What is it going to go be like? You know it's what? the rule. I just want to tell everybody I was in on this Kevin Hayes contract since day damn one. I think <laughs> I put it in a story. I've been trying to find it. I'm like, yeah, it might be expensive. But they are telling Claude Drew, they're telling Cody, they're telling Gritty that they are serious <laughs> about competing. And you know, you know what? This is a good team. Thank you. That's all.
1: <laughs> okay. Yes, they are okay. making the playoffs. Okay. So, and and and, Shayna, I'm sorry, but I think we all agree New York probably isn't making it, right?
2: Yeah. Unless I'm, I mean, look, I didn't expect this whole last month to happen, so I could totally yeah. be wrong.
1: But I'm gonna say no, and that's it's okay. Okay. So now we're down to this is when it gets fun. So we have three spots for four teams: Pittsburgh Islanders, Blue Jackets, Carolina. <laughs> Sarah.
0: Um, can I phone a friend? I <laughs> You're on a phone with the friends. I think the Canes will make it. <laughs> I think the Canes will make it. I think they just, it's such a tough call right now with the goals ending just, and now all the Metro games coming up, it's mm-hmm. going to be so, like, please ask me at the end of this week or next week because do you just think they have two games against Pittsburgh they have the game against Philly and then it's a, it's like it's a complete metro road trip so these points matter so much um I think that they're gonna they know that they're gearing up for that they're gonna make the playoffs yeah I do think so okay uh, who else I think the pens are gonna make it I you just
1: I know yeah, I'm never going to
0: look at a team with that one C and that two C and say they're not going to make the playoffs. Agree.
1: So Same. Islanders or Jackets? Islanders. Fair enough.
0: It's just too too many injuries with CBJ and it's just so unfortunate.
1: I know. Shayna. I'm
2: going to I'm going to agree. I think Columbus too, the fact that they have two more games played than two and in- is it two and three more games played than everyone else around them? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's, that's it right there. And you look at their most recent stretch and it's like, I don't think anyone can blame them or be upset. You know, obviously it sucks, but you look at it and you're like, you came back from a lot and it just got to the point where it's like, I don't know if they have it in them to do it when everyone else is also trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. That's the thing.
2: Yeah. I think the Islanders can, can stay in it. I I think they're going to end up in the wild card though. You know, like earlier this year, you know, they had their win streak and they were playing good hockey that I'm like, oh, wow, like, they could legitimately be, like, a top-three team and really go for it. But um, it, it's a little bit concerning, and they're going to be healthier with, like, Clutterbuck and Suzuki's back and all of that, which helps. But I, I still think that they end up as the first wild-card seed. Um, Pittsburgh, I think, makes it, and I think they'll finish in the three, uh, third seed. I think with them, they'll figure it out. I, I don't understand what went wrong, and, like, obviously they they – lost a good player at the deadline but they still have like a very good team and they've had good goaltending and they're getting John Marino back and that's huge for their defense so I'm gonna say for them but I think um my like wild card pick out there is like I feel like Philly's gonna go to the cup final as a team no one expected to at the beginning of the year it's a Vigneault thing I feel like this is they're gonna peak (laughs) they're gonna peak go to the cup (laughs) final and the next few years are gonna be bad Well, I'm
0: okay with that. I'm not, I don't care, but I obviously don't care, but I just, I love being right. I, I love and being
1: I like right. Kevin Hayes. I like I Kevin Hayes
0: too.
1: Lady. Oh my God. All right. I have nothing additional to add to the Metro. I think for the, for the blue jackets, <laughs> it, it's more so too, like you just illustrated. It's the, it's the strength of the teams around them too. Like the fight is such a dog fight. Like I just, it's not that they couldn't be in contention and legitimately might be one of the top 16 teams but that's a whole nother issue so um off the ice there is something that carolina won at this week undisputably and that was their pride night sarah tell us what oh my god and it was online too i would like to Mm -hmm. personally contribute to whoever is on the digital team to get a raise for their work Um, (laughs) but sarah tell us about pride night for for the hurricanes they're
0: truly the best. Honestly, um, the social media and marketing team of the Canes just does it right. And they've been doing it right for a few years, but they finally got the budget to kind of. So everybody thanks Tom in for that. And um, I think that definitely has helped. And they are so creative and they kind of le- I mean, they were responding to people on Twitter and that could be a season ticket member. Right. But there's just it doesn't matter to them. There's no place for hate. Like some teams that we'll get into later, but I think that was so cool of them to just, it's just no, nope, unexpected, unacceptable, zero tolerance for hate in the Bible. My favorite one was the <sighs> Bible verses. Someone tweeted at them, so probably, good. I don't know, the Bible verses that are like man and a woman or whatever, right, right. and they responded, we're a hockey account, bro. Do you even, why would we know what that means? I know. I'm like, wow, they really <laughs> went there, but I got to meet that guy because um, I I know the um, coordinator, Dan, and he's awesome. And I was just, I tapped on the shoulder at the game. I was like, awesome job today on social media. And he introduced me to the person behind that. So we can, I'll probably do a feature on that.
1: Dude, that was because, amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was amazing. And it wasn't mean. It was no. just kind of owning people cleanly. Good for him.
1: Well, and confirming <clears throat> what I really loved about it was it was confirming like that the message of, hockey is for everyone and this is that we are proud to have everyone here was like pervasive through everything they tweeted like you said it wasn't like smackdowns it was like no this is the message that we're about today more than any other day and we're going to make sure you understand very clearly that we are on board with this message i thought it was fantastic and did you see sarah you probably of course know this person the person who tweeted who used to be with Canes Digital, I think, and referred to the software that they use to manage tweets, there's a, a social media package. And he said you can look at, like if someone tweets at the account, you can look at past interactions with between the two accounts. Oh, and that's cool. he said we could show that people who tweeted us on Pride Nights and Hockey is for Everyone Nights, those are literally the only times they engage with the accounts so they're not like lovely <laughs> like this whole point of like you know don't yeah i'm never going to buy a ticket again well these weren't people who were engaged right. with the team anyway so i just thought that was a really important statement to put out there too because it shows that when these accounts come back they aren't disrespecting quote-unquote fans per se but they're taking their message yeah. seriously and they know who's coming at them do you know what i'm saying that's so, a really yeah. good feature to have yeah i
2: think i i think anytime you have like a pride night or any you know special kind of night like the social media manager definitely doesn't have it easy if your team handles it wrong yeah isn't necessarily their message but they have to keep going and you know on the other side of it they could get it completely right and there's still going to be people who are upset yeah so I feel like managing that is such a challenge and they did it really well and I think other teams can be taking notes because you know we're seeing how other teams do it right or wrong I know like San Jose was a team they nailed it last year too and Uh, If I remember correctly, they were trying to, like, use the pride tape on the road because they happened to be there for other teams' games. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's one that did it right. But then you look at ones who have very recently done it very wrong, and, you know, you do feel for those in the organization who maybe feel differently but have to just manage what's going on and the
1: backlash that the team is rightfully getting. And Shayna tees up the discussion of the recently announced (laughs) St. Louis (laughs) hockey is for everyone night. So if you missed this, I first saw it yesterday, so I'm, I'm presuming that that's when the news was released. Um, but obviously every team is encouraged to do a Hockey is for Everyone night. It, it falls under their theme nights or their event nights. And St. Louis has chosen, while they have multiple theme nights, including a Star Wars night during home games, Hockey is for Everyone is going to be during an away game. So you can pay $10 to come sit in the arena and watch the St. Louis Blues on the Jumbotron and feel like hockey is for everyone. Thanks Your thoughts. <laughs> you have 41 you home games. They're 40- too busy. They're too See, the, busy. What too are you busy doing? doing With the Star, Star Wars, Wars night. Everybody does
0: every single year. Gotta make Star Wars nights. fans feel included. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag buzz. There's there's so many games. There's so many opportunities. There's three
0: scout nights.
2: Yeah. Like, Like scouts
0: can invite their families.
2: Do anything. Do anything to, like, be inclusive. Like, it's not hard. And no one's... Do the bare minimum. Like, at least the bare minimum. Yes, you might still get shit that you don't, you know, push it forward like the Sharks and the Canes do. I get that. But it isn't hard to just do the right thing and try to be inclusive. It helps. You are the Stanley Cup reigning champions. You had a banner night for that, cool. You have 40 games left. You did three military appreciation nights, great. You know, you still have 37 games left, like make this work. It's not asking for that much. It's a super simple thing, you know, throw on some rainbow pride tape, do something with your jerseys, maybe try hooking up with a charity organization and promote an inclusive message for one day. It's, that's the bare minimum that you have to do. You are an NHL franchise. There is more than enough money, time, resources. You just have to put in the fucking energy.
1: <laughs> I mean, and listen. <laughs> news- I wonder
0: why, but I wonder why they didn't, right? Right, because yeah. Because maybe somebody complained. I'm not going to, like, speculate without actually knowing, but right. it's so easy to do it. So, and everybody else does
1: it. So why aren't you? Well, and listen, like, newsflash, news flash. gay people, people of color, color. Th- all different genders, all different races, do, in fact, buy tickets to events they enjoy. So they could, I mean, at the least, this is marketing. Like, encourage these people to come enjoy and understand hockey. Like, I I just cannot with this. let
2: me ask this with, um, would you rather see a team just do it, shut up and do it, or, like, be? I'm not accusing the Blues of this, like, let me put it out there. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see a team be disingenuous about it and just be like, great, this is what we have to do, so we're doing it. But is there really like no no one that thought this would be a bad idea? You but know, like
1: but this goes to the diversity in hockey offices. Yep. Right? Like sometimes the answer to your question is no. There isn't anyone there who's saying, You know what this looks like, or you know how this makes people feel who don't identify the same as you do? Like that is in fact part of the problem sometimes.
0: And you know what? Sometimes when you hire one woman or one person of color, it's They don't feel comfortable speaking up.
1: That's right. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, you can't be the token hire, right? I mean, you're fighting enough against enough already.
0: Exactly. People don't realize that. It's like, and then sometimes people will go to that person and ask them why they aren't speaking up and stuff. I don't know. They want to keep their job. Sometimes (laughs) it just comes down to that, that people don't realize how kind of hard it actually can be, but uh, I just wanted to shout out to those people for fighting the good fight. And yep. I mean, the more represent, that's why I love Seattle. Shout out to Namita. Woohoo. Um, yes. I love what they're doing because that's enough people in the room that they, if they all feel strongly about something that, Hey, maybe that's not the best look or whatever, or whatever, that they could totally feel comfortable in saying something.
1: Well, right. And like, I mean, don't ask the one black person in the room to yeah. speak for all black people. Don't like, ask the, like, like, even, I mean, we're sitting here doing our girl thing, but we don't speak for all women. We speak for right. ourselves. Like it's, it's the worst kind of stereotype in the world to say the one black guy talks for all the black people. Like, stop yes. that. That's it's not so
0: common. Yes. Even good intention. Like it's said with the good intention sometimes, but when people say, oh, you give a good look or a bad look to all women in sports, I'm like, what are you, t-? I'm just chilling.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't look like any other women in sports. Leave me alone. Yeah, Yeah, it's just,
2: it's so simple to have it. And you come up with better ideas. If you have different minds and people with different backgrounds instead of half of them are former players and half of them have just been in the game for the last 50,000 years. Like you are bringing creativity just by having someone who maybe is from freaking Texas and is like, well, we don't really do a lot here with hockey. So these are ideas I thought of because of my background. Or anything, like it sounds like so small, but it can make such a massive difference just to have a different idea circulating around. We talked about it last week. Basketball is so much fun because it's it's exciting, it's new, it's fresh, and they actually try to, to bring in new ideas. Like it's something that hockey so desperately needs.
0: No, no new ideas, please. Brought to you by the people who traded
1: Larson for Hall.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we renamed the podcast Too Many Hockey Men.
1: <laughs> You're affecting our whole brand, Shayna, just like that. Yeah, right. Well, to bring it back to to the the brand of our podcast, we have brought in another new segment uh, that was inspired by one of Sarah's recent uh in-game, post-game experiences uh, that she shared a little bit on Twitter. But we're going to go into it today because legitimately, this is a real problem. So under the segment, Guys Being Dudes, we would like to talk about the fact that local TV media people have no understanding of personal space. And before we start on this, because Sarah, you've, most of you probably have seen pictures of Sarah. Sarah, how tall are you?
0: I'm 5'2". Okay, five Sarah- foot 5'2", I want to dance with you and I'm sophisticated fun.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm 5'11 and I have no cute rhyme, but like this happens to me too. So Sarah is not alone. So, Sarah, tell us your pain.
0: Well, it happens to men too, but it's just, it just seems like one of those things where you might be leaning on me a little too much. I don't know. <laughs> like, I get into this scrum and it's like, 14 people that just show up I'm okay I'm not I love a lot of the local tv people one of them is my best friend Bridget and then one of them it, like, they're all lovely people but when it comes time for the scrum it's like they show up and they run like this is their life depends on them getting their one mediocre quote oh, okay <laughs> I hope you're not re- listening to this <laughs> but and their one tv quote and it's I'm tripping over the wires, I'm tripping over everything, and they're like elbowing me. I'm small enough that I could just go in front of them, but they need to be one foot away, one centimeter away from the player's face, just kind of putting their camera in his face so he's probably already uncomfortable as it is, not wanting to talk. I've just started doing kind of one-on-ones at the end of scrubs, because I'm, I'm either doing that, or I know some people might have seen the picture of me. Literally in table Taravlin and behind him, like <laughs> the Grim Reaper or something, in his shot. Because where else do you want me to go? I'm not gonna not do my job because you have to, you for some reason have to put your 5,000 count pound camera directly into his face and not let me in anywhere. And honestly, some people are really good about it. Obviously, Fox Sports and I travel, so Mike Maniscalco and everybody's awesome there, and I'm close, I love them so much, so that's not, I'm not, people will, like, tag them when I'm complaining about this, and it has nothing to do with them. They show up every single day, and they're lovely, and they understand, but other people sometimes just, who do you think you are (laughs) showing up for not, just showing up, and asking the same things I asked yesterday at practice just inches away from the people's face, making them uncomfortable, bright lights, big city living. I'm, I'm just trying to ask about like a two-on-one rush or things that actually <laughs> they could expand upon, you know? And I, it just drove me crazy to the point yesterday or last game where I'm like, I'm getting in the shot because I'm asking my question.
1: Yep. Thank you. Yep. And like the other thing too. So like if I had been trying to stand behind people, because as you said, you know, you're trying to stay out of their shot, you're trying to give them the angle. And like, can we discuss that if you, if your job is to carry a very large, very heavy camera on your shoulder, please be aware of the space with which this technology occupies, because when you do your quick 180 to run over to the next player, my head is like right behind you. And like, I've been clocked so many times. Mm -hmm. And even when you say something, like it keeps happening, I'm just asking for just a general awareness. Please, 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 God. My brain needs all the help it can get. Please don't keep hitting me in the head. It's like the few times it takes to be short. (laughs) It's like, it it is, but Sarah, it's like a freaking obstacle course in there. Can't step on the logo, can't step on the cables, like it's just insane insane
0: and you know I was actually just really proud of myself for actually standing up for myself because sometimes you just maybe as women you just kind of want to be passive and okay I know it's annoying but am I being am I overreacting am I whatever whatever I can just get the question next time but no I it's my job to ask the questions too and I I'm not going to not do my job because you need to get the perfect shot and you are it's just kind of rude just I'm when you really sit down and think of it, I'm it like, really is. you're just so inconsiderate of everybody else. It really but, is. And Grant.
1: <laughs> So let's go to something positive. We've had our rant. We'll have one of those every week. I know you're all going yes. to love them. Um, we came up with the idea in show last week to do superlatives and we put out a call to you guys and you guys were awesome. You gave us so many. So we, we have a whole list. So we're going to try and check off a few of these every week, but don't worry, we're going to get to them all. Um, it's just going to take us some time because you guys had great, great, great ideas. So we'll just we go. Did. They were amazing. Um, let's uh, we'll just go around the group and and do locker room superlatives brought to you by our wonderful listeners. Shayna, I'm going to go with you first. Cutest bromance on the Rangers. It's
2: got to be Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad, and uh, right before the trade deadline, I think everyone was really watching to see what they would do, and you, you would see Chris Kreider and Zibanejad go off the ice together a lot of the time. So, you know, they were winning games, and everyone's focusing on the focusing on the post game celebration. And it was like fans were questioning, "How many more times are we going to be seeing this? Is this the last time?" And obviously, the players know it too. It's weighing on them the entire time. And you know, with Zuccarello before he was traded, this was definitely something that was seen, and um. They had a close friend group with Kevin Hayes, Jimmy Vc, and Brady Shea, and, like, now none of them are left with the team. Aww. But um <laughs> Kevin definitely... Hayes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <This> is
0: <laughs> so a pro-Kevin
2: cool. pro Hayes podcast. Yeah, pro-Kevin Hayes podcast. But it's definitely got to be a uh, Zibane John Carter. They play so well together, and then, you know, you'll see them celebrating together, and they, like, just click, and the three of them with Paula Buchnevich, But you can really see it, like, off the ice, and the two of them seem like they're really good friends. So definitely going to go with them. Awesome. Sarah?
0: Okay, well, everybody's seen the picture from Step Brothers (laughs) with Warren Fogel, Dougie Hamilton, (laughs) um, Andrei Svetchnikov, And that is very true. They're best friends. They school around town. They live same building complex, and they're hilarious. It's obviously nice to see Dougie's not a locker room cancer and all that. But uh, I do like Aiden Flurry and Trevor Van Reams day, because they're best friends and their dogs are best friends and uh, they like, babysit each other's <laughs> dogs and stuff. And it's just kind of interesting. I know everybody listening to this podcast is probably the people that ask me when I'm writing this story and you know what over the summer. Okay. I swear, I promise I'll do it. But it's interesting because they compete for the same role, basically, and they they don't of care. Course. Their best friends are happy for each other. When last season, one of them would get scratched, and the other one's, like, screaming in the press box, so happy for him in the spot that he could have had during the playoffs. So it's just kind of – that's really nice to see, but obviously, let's go, Doogie, is <laughs> uh, tough to beat.
1: But for Columbus, I'm, it's funny. There were a couple that came to mind, but I'm going to have to go with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Alexander Texier. So – Pierre-Luc Dubois lived with David Savard his rookie year, like literally lived with him, babysat his kids, like plays with his kids, loves them. And I think that coupled with who Dubois is, like he always now like pays it forward and takes care of the rookies when they come in. And so when Texier came in last year, Texier is French. So Pierre-Luc is Quebecois. So they were able to speak in French. They like room together. They'd like share like really bad French rap together. Like and now they're like oh i know now they're like besties like they do group halloween costumes and tex has been hurt but he's been watching pierre luc dubois dog when dubois is out of town and they're just like two little french speaking buddies and i think it's adorable and that's probably who who it is for the blue jackets um this one is going to be fun um best dressed on game days and on non-game days sarah
0: Oh, boy. Okay. On game days, it's going to be Niederreiter, and he always has fun socks. There's a Twitter account for it. Uh, he And I actually went around the room asking the players who's the best dressed, and everybody said Niederreiter. One person said Mrazik, and that's definitely true. Uh, on non-game days, it has to be Joel Edmondson. I was giving him a hard time for his hat the other day. These guys are, like, really into top hats these days, and I don't really know what oh the deal is with that, but I mean... He he knows how to dress. So other, I'll, I'm not a fan of the top hat, but I'll give him the rest of his fits. I do like Hayden Flurry uh, outfits too. I think he's into Gucci, and I'm like, I was inspired by him to the Gucci belt. So Hayden, <laughs> I hate you.
1: Shade up. Um,
2: well, Henrik Lundqvist stuff because Henrik Lundqvist. So. Uh, I feel like he sets the bar so high that like you can't even talk about anyone else when you talk about anything, anything appearance related to Henrik Lundqvist. So, you know, his suits are impeccable. His style when he's off the ice is wonderful and you'll see him. He looks sharp. He can make a jeans and like a t-shirt look good and it looks so much like sharper than anyone else. So besides him, I want to give a shout out to Mika Zabanjad who very underrated style I would say. Uh, Going to game days, like he looks very put together you could see, like, with the hat, the coat, everything, that's very stylish, and his suits are super nice. Um, a great way to see, like, the Rangers fashion is to look at them on casino night, and you can compare everyone in their suits. And there have been some, like, super horrible looks over the years, like um, Brendan Smith this year, I think, was one that stood out in, like, a red jacket, and it was kind of like, what are, you, what are you doing with that? But <laughs> um, Jad has, like, really, like, uh, led the pack besides Lunquist obviously, the last couple of years, so definitely want to give him that
1: appreciation. Perfect for blue jackets game days, Seth Jones. Um, he just has really nice suits, I think. Um, and he does have some fun with color. So I kind of like that. Um, non game days. I do not know if this is hitting other teams, but like, there's this big thing with like the, the jogger casual pant, like with the tight cuff at the bottom, Mm -hmm. uh, which taking the world by storm why i don't know it, it's they're it,
2: really they're actually really nice like i used to hate like joggers them. and i started wearing them no i yeah. wear them
1: let's get it oh. clear i wear them they're super <laughs> comfortable i just don't think they look <laughs> oh no that's what i'm saying You're i'm a total full-on hypocrite <laughs> <laughs> but because so because of that i have to to, to give some guys some some negative marks because i just don't and with boots too i don't understand the whole thing but it's clearly a look Mm-mm. that's happening um but Alexander Wenberg usually looks really good on non-game days. He's just always, like, tailored and has, you know, really nice fashion on. So I'll say Wenberg. Um, this will be interesting. I
2: thought you go with Dubois for his sneakers. Stop it.
1: We'll talk about the sneakers another time. We had,
2: we had a full hunt for those sneakers.
1: Uh, it, it was, <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that for the bonus episode. <laughs> um, changing, topics. changing topics. Smartest. <laughs> Shayna. Chris Kreider. Oh.
2: He, he, he's definitely, like, if you're talking, like, especially book smart, it, it's him. Um, he left college early to go to the Rangers and finished up. He speaks m- multiple languages, is a very big reader, and he reads things that are so insightful, too, that uh, I think he put out a book list a couple years ago, and if I find that, I'll tweet it out. Um, but it's definitely him, and I know... He's like said he's spoken Russian before and then like other players have been like, mm, not that great. But um, definitely for like a book smart, he wins it for the Rangers, I'd, just, I'd say. Sarah?
0: Okay, that's really hard for me because some of these guys are really young on the Hurricanes and some have like yeah. life wisdom, like Justin Williams. I would ask Justin Williams for advice. Deadass, I would ask him for advice. So if we're talking about that, him, if we're talking about, I guess hockey IQ, that would be Sebastian Aho, And I think he, the more English he learns, the more it's obvious that he's a really smart dude. And then I, it's a stereotype to say Dougie Hamilton, but I do think when you sit down, it, I'm just going off people that I interview because I don't really know them that well off the ice. We all think we do, but you don't really. But I think if you just sit down next to Dougie Hamilton and talk to him, like without your recorder or anything and just hey what do you think about this I remember asking him about the eleven seven scheme and he just gave me such a good insight that I just was genuinely curious what he thought so he's really smart when you get him away from the camera I mean I'm not saying he's stupid in front of the cameras but he like I really appreciate the <laughs> insight so maybe yeah him.
1: I think I think that like and we, I talked about this last week, I think Elvis Merzlikens might be like the most worldly smart. He speaks multiple languages. I've talked about how he seems to like really dive into topics to really understand them. And that I think is interesting. Um, the hockey IQ one, that's tough. It, I think that Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones probably have the, Best hockey IQ, but I the per, I, the two I really like talking to about hockey, like explaining stuff through like that, is probably Nick Felino and Josh Anderson when he's not broken. So um, <laughs> when he's not that, broken, that's it. But everybody's broken. Um, okay, everybody's favorite segment. Fuck Mary Kill. Yes, here we
0: go.
1: Um, our listeners killed it once again. We have so many to go through, um, but we picked a couple to start this week. Sarah, we'll have you go first. You ready?
0: As ready as I'll ever be. be.
1: Here we go. Fuck, Mary, kill. Offside reviews? E-bug drama? Or the NHL's bad scheduling?
0: I'm going to kill the NHL's bad scheduling because it pertains to my life. I'm I'm just (laughs) sitting here today, like, what should I be doing? And then I know when the weekend rolls around, there's 14 games in one day, and um, it's all matters to me. So I'm just going to be running around the metropolitan division for a few weeks when I'm just kind of sitting here right now. So, and also just when you go on the road, you start to realize how hard it actually must be for these guys to play with the schedules that as they are, I think 82 games is too much. And I've talked to a few off the record and totally. they agree that 82 games is just kind of a lot. Um, I, I would like to see the NHL kind of figure that out a little, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't have the solution. I'm not – I'm only one woman. But I would
1: mm,
0: – okay. I would marry He-Bug Drama. I knew it. because mm-hmm. It's just so silly. Real, like, all these hockey men in the suits are dressing up to be like, well, should we, this guy off the street be allowed to still be a guy off the street coming into the game or no? How does this affect beliefs? How does this – It's just it's interesting discourse, and it's just kind of one of those things where it's charming hockey guy stuff, where this would only happen in hockey, as opposed to roll-your-eyes hockey guy stuff. And, I mean, it's been nice to see the way Dave has kind of taken the fame and um, used it for a good cause, so I'll take that. And then...
1: That means you're fucking the offside reviews.
0: That's going to be... That's probably the biggest pity fuck of my life. I don't. I don't want any part in this. Um, this is this is a bad bounce on my part. Like a slump buster, maybe. So that's all I'm gonna say about that. I I think offside review should be canceled. I think that's it. Allison, take it Still away. abstains
1: okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna marry ebug drama too because i have all the time in the world for it um and i also just support the the massive just like total unnecessary stress about it like (laughs) this is entertainment people embrace it um i am actually going to kill offside reviews because like they're never right like it's just stupid it's a dumb rule and it's it takes way too much time away from the game and by the time it's over no one agrees so it's to be gone
0: sounds um, like my love life so we're, we're good <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck NHL's bad scheduling because then maybe I can get them to do me a favor in return and and change some things so wow you're smart that's, those are mine Shayna,
2: I'm gonna follow you on that um the ebook drama it's it's finally something like positive and fun and anything dramatic that goes on with the league usually is so horrible and terrible that you're like you're handling this horribly please stop the ebook drama it's like it's something fun it's something that uh when it was scott foster it was fun and even this time around like it was chaotic and you know it's not something you're sitting there going oh my god i want to see more of but if it happens it's a story it just brought so much attention to your league just embrace it and keep going and if you have a solution for the playoffs like so be it you know i understand if this was a game seven and it happened like everyone be furious i i completely get that but it didn't it was one game and it happened to the Maple Leaf, so you, you have to like enjoy that, like just to drop more because the chaos that comes from it. But yeah, it it definitely is like the least of the bad. So marry that, kill offsides reviews, and I I love coaches' challenge. <laughs> I find them fascinating. I like to see the decision making. Yeah, um, I think yeah, adding the penalties it makes it makes the coaches work harder, and I think that is super interesting too. And um. Goalie interference, obviously there's a million issues with it and they need to fix it, but like, there's room for growth and um, missed stoppages. That's important. I get that too. Offside is just so bad. Everything about it, and now like, they're tweaking the rules finally, but it still feels so unnecessary to be taking 20 minutes to review something that's so small, that has happened a million times before, that it's like, please just leave it alone. You don't need to be here. And then... That leaves me with the NHL scheduling, which I complain about more than anyone because I fucking it hate sucks. it. I hate it so much. There are 14 games on in one night, 12 or 7 o'clock, and so there's a, an 8 o'clock and a 9. So when everything goes to intermission, it's everything. You're not flipping games. Like You are better suited having a game to flip to in the you know for that 20-minute period that you're waiting that you can go to that 7.30 start and watch a game maybe that you've never seen because you're spending money to have this to have like a streaming service so you can watch all of this.
0: Seventy percent of the games it's, it's are
1: black. Yeah, that's a whole nother. Oh my god.
2: But like in theory, the schedule is the most fixable thing mm-hmm. of it. And like honestly, you could look at it and be like, Were you blindfolded when you made this? Like, do, do you see the logic in it? Like, let's have one one o'clock and then twenty seven o'clock, and you know, everyone will be happy that way. Like, there's there's so much room to fix that. And I think offsides is something that like I don't even want to touch. It's just like get rid of it. It's fixable. So it could be fucked. It could be made nice after, and maybe like eventually you'd want to date it if they could like make something of it. But there's there's a little shred of potential there. I just don't see them actually taking that potential and using it.
1: All right, next one, Sarah. You're going to go first on this one because you were part of this convo last night. With I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and call Greg Washinsky a friend of the pod. Oh, a friend uh, of the pod. A friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Greg Washinsky was involved in this post St. Louis Blues. Lack of Pride Night discussion. Fuck Mary Kill, the St. Louis Blues blinged ball cap <laughs> to make women feel included, a uh, vegetable crudité bucket, or pulled pork quesadillas. Fuck Mary Kill.
0: You know I'm marrying the pulled pork quesadillas. Uh, <laughs> this has nothing, nothing makes me feel like a woman. Like, just housing some pulled pork quesadillas you nailed it st louis you did the theme night justice (laughs) once again um i'm gonna kill the vegetable bucket i mean i don't i don't even know what that means and i don't that's the what just honestly what do you do you could be having a pride night and you're doing a vegetable bucket i'm gonna (laughs) fuck the blinged ball cap because um I would wear it. Honestly, I, I, uh, the nineties are back. It's kind, of a, um, it's kind of a little bling bling. I'm, I'm corny. I like my Gucci belt. I, I think that kind of corny thing is back. So uh, depending on the cost, I would fuck it. I wouldn't have many complaints about that. Take it away. Shayna.
2: Um. I'm going to fuck the vegetable... Cr- I'm, I'm sorry, no. I'm going to marry the vegetable crudite because, like, I, I really like vegetables. Shayna. Um, every- no, everyone's going to laugh I me. Mean, my favorite food is celery. It's, like, my favorite, oh like, my God. snack. my This ad- is the gift
1: battle of I this know. episode. What are you doing?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to eat garbage, but, like, we were brought up with fruits and vegetables that it was never, like, a forced thing. Yeah. So, like, we just wanted to have them. And, you know, we always had the option of more. Yeah. But... Don't worry, like my mom got calls home all the time to be asked if, if she was feeding me because I said I like salad and celery. So it created a bunch of problems, but I still like it. So I'm going to fuck the, I'm going to marry oh that. God. I'm going to fuck the quesadillas. And the only reason the quesadillas aren't raking high right now is I don't like pork. So if you this could give me- This is a lot. I know. I'm very picky with pork. If you give me any other meat, that right there would be the one I'm marrying. But since it's pork, I'm like, I'll eat you if I have to. <laughs> and I'll enjoy you for, like, a night, but I really don't like you enough to commit to pork. And I'm going to kill the hat because I – it's not that the hat itself is bad. And if they had that option out there, like, so be it. Like, yeah, would I wear it? Maybe. Um, I don't have a problem with having that option, but to make that the only option, and that's your way of celebrating women, just give us jerseys pink, that are tapered right jerseys. and would oh fit. God. Yeah, Bedazzled. Uh, bedazzled. Yeah, you get a t-shirt, like a v-neck shirt that has a player name, and it's it's v-neck, it's skin tight, it's not even the right colors, you know, and that style is nice to have in addition to something super simple that is the same as the men's that'll just fit you a little bit better because, like, it's really, really not hard here. So to make that the ladies' night out, it's like, here you go, here's some script with bedazzled and enjoy it. Fuck off, please. I'm gonna kill that with fire.
1: Well, I don't, I don't know how I recover from that. <laughs> <laughs> I could make a really inappropriate vegetable joke, but I will not. Um, we've already earned our explicit yes. tag. Um, I'm going to marry the quesadillas. I'm going to uh, fuck the ball cap. And I'm going to kill the vegetable crudite because I can. Um, our last fuck, marry, kill non-hockey related we appreciate those nominations as well Shayna, you're back on the hot seat for this one ready n okay. backstreet boys 98 degrees okay i'm going to kill 98 degrees
2: i never gave a shit about 98 degrees then and i don't now and i love boy bands and you know everything 90s no the next one is so difficult because <laughs> i still listen to both all the time anytime we're drinking i grab the phone i throw on like you know, Backstreet or Sync, and everyone yells at me, but then everyone's dancing and loving it two seconds later. Um, so deciding between them is really difficult. I feel like Backstreet's longevity, and they had, like, multiple albums that were so good, gives them, like, a good edge there. But In Sync had, like, better jams a lot of the time, so, like, it's really tough. But I feel like... Hmm. Really torn on this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, regret my answer five seconds later. But I'm gonna marry Backstreet just because they had multiple albums that I know I could go to. I'm gonna fucking sing because they had one great album with no strings attached. They, their first album was very good and had some jams, and they had poppy after that that was good. But I feel like my song selection's better. That like I could last a bit longer with Backstreet without getting sick of them. What do you guys think, Sarah? Is 98
0: Degrees the one that Nick Lachey was in? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yes. Okay, the Lachey yes. Brothers. Just honestly.
0: Yep. Okay, we're going to marry NSYNC. sync was always my favorite. My first crush was Sean from Boy Meets World. I was just thinking about this. But my second one was Lance <laughs> from NSYNC. And I wanted to go, remember when he like? Same. wanted to be an astronaut? I'm like, let's go to the moon, Lance Bass. Um, and then, Well, then he came out, but whatever. <laughs> I still had a crush on him. And God, nothing beats that uh, picture of Britney Spears and um, Justin Timberlake in all denim.
1: In denim. Oh, this yes. is Love the that. future that I yes. want. Yes. This yes. is
0: a uh, relationship goals. And they were just so good. This was the best band ever, right? They were so vocally talented, and they were so cute. And that video for Bye 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 was iconic. And I had hit clips from McDonald's. I was a stan. I still stan forever, and always. That's why I married them and kill the Backstreet Boys because you're not a true NSYNC fan unless you hate the Backstreet Boys. But Backstreet Boys always got a little more respect, and I like, <laughs> hated that. They In deserved it, and then Justin Timberlake popped off and showed the world that he deserved it more than whatever I can't even name. What Nick Carter? We're, we're the Carter hey, brothers right now. That. They're like having lawsuits against yeah. each other. And Justin wholesome. Lance is gay rights advocate, and he's like going to the moon or something. I think we have to stand In Sync as well still. And I'm gonna fuck Nick Lachey. So <laughs> that's. <laughs> Say no more,
1: fam. Okay, well, then <clears throat> mine are gonna be super unpopular. I'm gonna marry Backstreet because they were my favorite. We're not friends um, I, I See, I'm just <laughs> pissing off it. But I mean, I want it that way, people. It is the anthem of my youth. So, mm-hmm. like, anytime. Um, oh, this is hard. 98 Degrees got a little like I like them, but they got a little too like full on. We are totally not even trying to hide our cheese. Um, so I'm going to reluctantly kill 98 degrees and fuck NSYNC. Okie dokie. Good choice. So, uh, listeners keep those nominations going. Cause these are obviously quite controversial takes from all of us. Um, we'll wrap up with our top three, uh, this week, our top three are players who don't get enough attention for how good they are. Sarah. This is. I,
0: I was actually talking to Brett Pesci about this before because it's such a tough call when you're in a market like the Hurricanes where everybody on the hockeynews.net or whatever the hell is. Well, I'm really disrespecting a lot of, I mean, no disrespect to anybody. I'm just telling jokes. But um, the list came out about the most underrated player. And it's we know that they're not underrated. And I know, I remember once Rod Brendan Moore said, Someone was asking about Jacob Slavin during the playoffs, and Rod was like, "Well, obviously you don't watch us because it's clear that he is not an underrated person. You're not discovering some gem. We Ben know basically. So, in that context, I don't know if people, I don't know if people understand how good Tavo Teravainen is, how versatile he is." But defensively he is day in and day out. And that's what Brett Pesci said too, as the most underrated person, just I, because everybody knows he's good, but he actually is the MVP of the team most nice, I believe. And Pesci would be another one. And you can kind of tell, not lower markets, but like smaller markets, who is the most underrated by who gets brought up and trades insultingly. And I think Marty Natchez was somebody like that this season. I think when he moves to center, he's going to be, a top two C in the league eventually, and he's just a teen right now as well. maybe may 20, but he has been scoring some unexpectedly big goals in late in games. And he has been the, the hurricanes are not trading him. So yes, very underrated. Is that, do I have to do another one?
1: Perfect. You can do, you can stick with that. That's good. Okay. That That's works. all I have. It, it's what you feel, Sarah. It's what you feel.
0: That's what I feel. If you don't know Sebastian Aho, then that's on you.
1: Indeed. The proper um. one, right?
2: <laughs> Elder
0: <laughs> right, Sebastian Ajo.
1: <laughs> Shayna, go.
2: Um, I'm going to agree with Ajo and Teravine and like through and through, but, and if I like stick to the teams that we cover, it would be for the Rangers. It's Vanjad because no one gives him the first line center respect he deserves. And for Columbus, it's Oliver Bjorkstrand, oh. but if we're going,
1: I love him. If we oh, go like we're doing non- no, you're fine. Oh, Shame, so Shane is breaking rules all over the place here. She's I own vegetables. Rules. It's
2: um But you're like canceled. non-teams we cover, I'm going to go Anthony Sorelli. Like he should be on your selfie ballots oh, yeah. and you should appreciate him. Sure. And Andre Kasha. I will scream this every day. We give him a shout out in fantasy every chance we get with our columns. Like Andre Kasha is so good. And everyone just looks at his stats and doesn't realize like how many games he's been hurt. Look at below the surface. He's fantastic.
1: Oh, I well, you took Bjorkstrand for me. Um, <laughs> Sorry, the the one, and it's hard now because he's broken. But like, who isn't? Bol Bjorkstrand's broken too. But a player that <clears throat> I don't think gets—he's good, but I don't think gets enough attention for how good he is—is is Seth Jones. Um, oh, absolutely. I think. Absolutely. I think that he should be in the Norris conversation far more than he is. Yep. Um, Torts always says it's because. Most people don't watch your team until you're in the playoffs, if, particularly if you're a smaller market team, and the Jackets haven't done a ton there yet. Um, but Seth Jones, is that for me? And I'm going to go with one on another team, my controversial take, and I know we're going to get into this in a later episode. You know who's literally underappreciated is Artemi Panarin.
2: Yes, I was oh, hoping you would <laughs> totally. say this. I was so hoping you'd say this because I'm like, I'm going to get called biased if I say it.
1: You're no, so if, right. If you don't, and I can only say this because we got to watch him in Columbus for 82 games for a couple years, but like, people don't understand how freaking good he is. To me, he's one of the top five players in the league right now. Period. End of story. Yep. Oh,
0: absolutely. I also want to say, I, I think Jacob Verana is really underrated and he's somebody who's so fast and he's tough to defend. And a lot of players will say that he's somebody that they hate defending and he's really coming into his own, I think. And I also wanted to say, Oh God, who else? Um, David Krejci, I think he's just always been mm. so good and he's just there and everybody thinks he gets hurt when he like doesn't really get hurt that much and he just has the weirdest reputation but he's so good in the playoffs and he's just chilling and I don't I don't I don't know what it is. I think they just needs a better <laughs> winger perpetually, but people just aren't ready for this conversation. That's all I got.
1: <laughs> all right. Anything else guys? We've covered our whole agenda. We did it. We did it again. We did it. We can't thank everybody who listened and is listening and is buying merch and saying such nice things enough for all your support and love. I think it's just been just mind-blowingly awesome and so cool to hear from all you guys. We... I think the three the three of us keep messaging each other like, "Holy crap, look at this! Holy crap, look at this!" So um, we, we're just we're super thankful for you. Um, keep listening. Keep sending in your superlative nominations. Your fuck, Mary, kill nominations. Follow us. We're on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google. Um, check us out wherever you like to listen. Follow us on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. And we will be back with you guys again next week. Thanks so much. Love you.